In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. So a bit better, a bit better. Anyway, uh, welcome to Talk Film with Me, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Each and every week, we drop a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever good podcast services are found, where we talk about films, what we love, what we hate, and all that sweet, sweet, sweet fandom. And if you want more of it, click on that like, follow, subscribe button, so you get more content from Talk Film with Me. That brings me to my hosts, my boys, the lads, the people that I've been doing this podcast with for far too long. I'll start with Jamie on this occasion. Mr. Hannon, how you doing, pal? I'm very good, mate. Keeping my sanity all good here. How about you? I am going all right. So on Friday, or Thursday, I should say, because it's a bank holiday in the UK, um, I thought I'd set something up with my work colleagues. So uh, just half hour before the end of day, I sent around a Zoom invite of saying, hey, just a quick drink. Let's pop open a beer and have a quick chat, because man alive, it's been a week. And um, everyone's like, yeah, it's a good idea. So we all joined. And like I'm sitting there with a fucking massive goblet of gin. Like It's like half a bottle of gin, loads of loads of tonic in there. And yeah. I'm down in this sucker. And then all my work colleagues, I don't think they have the same relationship with alcohol as I do because they're all sitting there either with squash or like, oh, I might open up a beer after dinner. I was like, oh, bad crowd, bad crowd. <laughs> they're they're doing it wrong. Don't worry about it. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. They're, they're the ones that are wrong. I, I ain't got a problem. They have. Um, but anyway, someone who definitely hasn't got a problem. Houston, this is my solution to my problem. John Crick, how you doing, pal? I am good. Or the update, I do. Uh, I'm developing a drinking problem. I never really. Uh, that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But I never really uh, drink that much until this quarantine, and you just get you get bored, didn't you? After five or six o'clock, I need to yeah. feel something. I need to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a well-stocked fridge, and I, you know, if if ever there was a legitimate time to be a, you know, just short-term alcoholic, I think this is it. So. Um, so I'm doing my best. but We're all uh, going to become bald alcoholics because we're getting bored and shaving our heads. And now we're we're basically bringing like social drinking etiquette to like 11. So. Especially <laughs> on your own. Uh, you want to drink with people, don't you? But I don't know. My Yeah, anyway. <laughs> to be fair, I did overdo it because I literally had a bottle of, you know, that coffee tequila. Like, I had a bottle of that nearby, so I was just doing shots and that, and I was like, so, what are you doing with your family this weekend, Gog? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, speaking about something which was incredible, last night we had our first watch-along. We've done Snowpiercer across Amazon. We're going to review that in the review section later on, but that was the first one we've done, boys. How do you think about it? What do you think? Do you enjoy it? I really... Do you know what? I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, socially it's the best we can do at the moment isn't it but hmm. just getting little comments and thoughts and jokes like at the same time i thought it was really really good so we need to do that more yeah i i loved one of the things that i loved was that um people would start tweeting and they'll send like a photo or a video and they'll literally be doing it there and then and then either they're either like a second ahead of you or at the exact same time and you're looking at twitter and going whoa this is cool but uh, my wife's just going, what are you doing? I was like, "I'm because I'm frantically, I was uh, 
I was manning the Twitter account whilst at the same time doing a bunch of research and pulling in facts and stuff because in case the in case there wasn't anything to talk about, then just have some yeah. facts and stuff to share in. And Holly's like, "How do you, you find the film?" I was like, to be honest, I ain't got fucking time to read the film, watch the film. I'm just like tweeting this, pulling that. In. <laughs> but no, it was great fun. It was great fun. We will definitely be doing that again. Um, Have my tweets come through yet? (laughs) No, no, Jamie. So, (laughs) Mr. Hannon in Space has a private Twitter account and was frantically tweeting as well. And I was just like, fucking Jamie's fucking pulled out. I bet he ain't even watching it. And then Jamie's, no, no, screenshots, look, look. Yeah, I did. I I knew you'd think that. I was like, no, I'm going to send you fucking screenshots because I've tweeted more (laughs) in that evening than I have in my entire life. And I was fully participating devastating well, when they weren't going through they were witty well, they were insightful i mean god you can write a book out of some of those they were great <laughs> well i'm sure they'll, they'll appear and uh you know thank you to everyone that uh retweeted the post and liked it and stuff uh we will be doing it again we will make an announcement at the end of this pod about the next one and what the film will be but speaking of which let's start with some reviews tiles we have combed the internet for the best films the streaming services have to offer so you don't have to part with your hard-earned time and money without recommendation we have gone through the best films of amazon netflix and disney plus and also films that have come to digital release jamie hannon you are going to start us off this week with i think it's on amazon prime am i right uh, yeah it's right indeed mate Hit me with it. What's it called and what's it about? Right. Blinded by the Light, uh, 2019 release. It seems to sort of falling in line with those other sorts of films that have been released at the time, like Yesterday and Rocket Man and, uh, and oh, the Queen one as well. Bohemian Rhapsody. Thank you, John. Um, you know, this is a big trend at the moment of using um, sort of music soundtracks to sort of produce a good film. And this one is based on the music of Bruce Springsteen. Um, the and boss. The boss. The boss, exactly. Uh, and yeah, it's one of those incredible things. You know, when you watch one of these films and you go, oh, is that one of their songs? Like, the guy's got an incredible back catalogue. Uh, very, very impressed by that, first of all. But yeah, it's a film based on um, a, a young Pakistani family that are first generation immigrants into the UK and about the struggles they're having living in Luton. And this one young man having. <laughs> the- yeah, no, Luton. Brilliant. Um, and obviously, Adam and I have uh, spent. A, a portion of our life living not too far down the road from Luton. Um, and even now they have struggles with uh, racist marches and so on. And this is about a young man during the 80s with the rise of the National Front and so on. Uh, and about his struggles being a Pakistani young man in, in, in Luton at that time. So it touches on that. But it also touches on the struggles he has uh, culturally, um, I don't want to say adapting, but uh, the, the cultural expectations of society versus the cultural expectations of family life, especially those imposed for, on, on him by his father. Um, and, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I, I was about to say I could relate. I can't relate, but I do, as a teacher in, in schools, I do see that sort of thing happening where parents have expectations on students and, and what they should do and where their life's going to go. And obviously everybody's an individual and they have their own choices and their own decisions and, and you know, they want to go down a the path they want to go down. Um, and obviously it's based on a real life 
uh, story. Obviously, he, he wasn't just hearing Bruce, Bruce Springsteen songs in real life, but he um, is about this writer who um, is based on a character called Javid, and he's, his official name isn't Javid, but his mum always calls him Javid because there's a bit of confusion. This is not in the film. This is in real life. There's because dad was working in the UK, mum was still in Pakistan, and and there was a delay in writing letters because it was the eighties. Um, but it, the guy, the guy is an author now um, and a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. And basically, the words of Bruce Springsteen spoke to him as a teenager, regardless if it was an American teenager, uh, a Pakistani teenager, a British. But yeah, it spoke to the angst that the teenager was, you know, was struggling, and um, those who maybe were in. You know, in poverty because his dad gets made unemployed quite early on you know when we're talking about the job losses during mm-hmm. sort of the thatcher era um it sort of ties in with that and he talks about the you know the expectations of you know, not, you know he wants to pursue being a writer and his dad doesn't see that as a as a profession it, it, it doesn't go into it in the film but in reality his dad wants him to become a doctor um and you know he wants to hang out with his british mates he wants to have a girlfriend who's british and and it, and it also shows the flip side of the you know the, the girl that he he dates her parents and and uh, and the um the the subtle um in, ingrained racial comments that they make as well which aren't i think they're not inte- they're not trying to be offensive but they you know they they slip into it without even realizing um and so yeah it's just about that whole struggle now I, i've not made it sound very interesting at this point i made it sound like a, <laughs> i made it sound like a documentary but um that sort of encompasses the, the the overview of what the film's about in terms of context um but actually the way it's is it filmed, good it is it is a good film it's a really good film it, it it really encaptures what britain was like in the 80s and it actually makes you as you know someone you know as us three who are british was a little bit ashamed um of 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 our past but also a little bit proud of where we come to today. Uh, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying it's all rosy out there, but it, it, you know, you don't see that sort of behaviour happening openly in the streets as much these days. Um, so it's a but, drama yeah. with a bit of comedy in it, basically. Yeah, oh, definitely a bit of comedy. Um, uh, you obviously see some cracking hits from uh, from Springsteen as well in it, um, and yeah, I would highly recommend. It. It's a nice evening watching film. Um, that you know makes you feel good at the end of it. It's a real feel good film, especially after watching Snowpiercer, which isn't a feel good film. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a good feel good film. I highly recommend it. I mean, I would give it four out of five. I think nice, nice. In terms of looking at the old tomato scores, it's got eighty nine percent on the tomato meter, and the audience score has given it ninety one percent. It's very much uh, been favoured all round. All that feels like I remember when this came out. Actually, like you say, it wasn't that long ago this film came out, and it kind of missed a lot of people. And uh, so this is yeah. great that it's going to get a new lease of life on on streaming services, and it's available on Amazon Prime at the moment. Um, I suppose that the question I ask really is that. Are we, because I know John, he's about to fucking chime in with his love for a good music biopic or a film set by the back catalogue <laughs> of someone. Is this, this separates itself from the, the rest of the bunch at the moment? Uh, I, 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 for me, I mean, I, I've just recently seen Rocket Man as well. They're all very different. Uh, I really liked Yesterday. I thought Yesterday was a great comedy film. I really just enjoyed yes. I for me, I put yesterday probably at the top, but I'm also a big Beatles fan, so that's probably a bit of bias there. But this is up there; it, it's definitely competing. It's not, it's not bottom of the bunch by far. 
I'm intrigued. I want to. I'm going to watch this one because it sounds like right down my alley. But yeah, you're right, Flinty. This one passed me by, and you would have thought this would be. But yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of music movies coming out last year, wasn't there? So it's maybe yeah. it's seeped through the cracks. But we love Brucey, so I, I want to see this. <clears throat> Definitely. So there you go. Four out of five, blinded by the lights with Jamie Seal of approval from the boss. Uh, I'm going to talk about another film that's available on Amazon Prime. This is a film I've been banging on about loads in 2019. It has become available on Amazon Prime as well. This is Hustlers. Uh, This is the story of a group of strippers in the early 2000s. And basically, if the only way I can describe it is it's a Scorsese movie told through the guise of a bunch of strippers. And it's absolutely hilarious. It is serious. It is melodramatic. It's everything you want. It feels like a gangster movie. It feels like a heist movie. Essentially, what happened is in 2008, a group of strippers were living the life of Riley in their own strip club. Then the financial crisis happened. And all of a sudden, they were finding to they were basically broke. They they needed to find other ways of earning an income. And they thought, naturally, the way of doing this would be to drug men to come into their strip club and basically rob them blind. It obviously goes horribly wrong. This is based on a real-life story. It has got Jennifer Lopez in a career-defining performance. Yes, there's a scene that you may hear me talk about a lot in previous pods about her, her first dance on stage, which is still mwah. But that aside, it is still an amazing performance, and it is absolutely incredible if it has passed you by get on this i think i gave it five out of five i stand by it in regards to the rotten tomato score it's 87 percent on the tomato meter but the audience wasn't as up on this as i was they gave it 65 percent. but i it's definitely definitely worth a watch lads has this passed you by yeah. no, i've seen it recently I managed to uh, convince the missus to watch it. I said it was about female empowerment. Uh, and uh, it was actually. <laughs> it is, it is. It totally is. Um, yeah, uh, I, I struggled at first. I have to be honest. It was, um, I wasn't really into it in the first maybe 20 minutes. Uh, and then it really built as a film. And actually, by the end of it, I found myself really enjoying it. Like, it, I, I just love films that follow. It's like. I love a film which follows a narrative over a long period of time and it actually gives, gives time to breathe and let the moments and the actions flesh out. And that's what Hustlers does really well. Um, it spends equal amount of times in the past as it does in the present. It does the whole talking head thing, but it does it in an innovative way that makes it a little bit different to what we've seen before. And uh, yeah, you know, let's, let's call out the thing, the obvious thing. Yes, it is very much about female empowerment. This is directed and written by a woman and you can tell the difference, right? If this was directed by a, dude it'll just be about tna on screen and this is not about that it's not about titillation and and strip clubs yes that's part of it because that's what strip clubs are but it's more about the journey these women go through and the and they're not they are not saints like they don't make them out to be like i love good writing where they go right this is a strong woman and it's not a strong woman in terms of she's physically strong or she's always been the, the poster child of a certain demographic no she's flawed she's she's crazy she's hilarious she's stupid she's everything in between and it makes it a real real performance and mm. i generally love mm. it constance Wu is brilliant in it as well um so there you go i'm sticking with my five out of five uh, just to wrap off our recommendations or not recommendations in this case uh, there's a movie on netflix that we didn't get a chance to review when it come out uh, we were denied a press screener uh, literally like the day before it was supposed to come out for some reason the reason why is because that film was fucking terrible a six underground it is a jamie's face is like oh i like that one. Oh yeah i did um, 
<laughs> it's I'm an ensemble action movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to watch the previous five underground before. Um, essentially, it is about soldiers of fortune who are mistaken to be dead, uh, getting together to pull off a heist. It's got Ryan Reynolds in. You think on paper it sounds pretty good. Then you realise it's written by Michael Bay and directed by Michael Bay, and Netflix have not given him any notes. And there you go. That is the film you get. It is so... It's the most Michael Bay, Michael Bay movie you'll ever see. It is explosions up the wazoo. The storyline doesn't make sense. There's continuity errors. The effects start falling apart. Yes, there's some good zingers from Ryan Reynolds, but not even Ryan Reynolds can save that film. This is not worth your time. It's a one out of five. Avoid it like the plague. Oh, I'd say that is very harsh. Well, man, like, like, like we uh, we give people it, the truth. Like go watch go watch Hustlers or Blinded by Light. Go go watch that. Do not watch Six uh, on the Ground. Don't get me wrong. It's no Hustlers and it's not Blinded by Light. But <laughs> it, it it's it's a it's a it's a cheesy action film. You get what you want. You know you get you get what you expect. It's just uh, we deserve better. Fun. We it's deserve better. And you have got Ryan Reynolds in it. What else do you need? I, I, I would have said one was harsh. I mean, I'm not saying it's a four or two. five star. But All right, okay. Uh, okay, I've, I've pulled you up to two. I'll take two. <laughs> All right, there you go. Six underground, five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and to wrap off our reviews of streaming service or movies available on streaming services, John, uh, you're going to give us the review for Snowpiercer, which was our watch along this week. Uh, what's your take on it? For the uninitiated, what's the film about? So Snowpiercer from Bo- Bo- oh, sorry, Bong Joon-ho, who you'll know from Okja and most recently Parasite, won the Oscar, obviously. Uh, still haven't seen Parasite, but I really want to after watching Snowpiercer because bloody love Snowpiercer and the watch along. I tried not to know anything about it, um, which made it much more interesting i just thought it was so in such an interesting concept wasn't it so it's an apocalyptic future chris evans is at the back of this train and the only people that are living are on the train and if they go outside it's all they'll freeze to death because it's the world's frozen over quite literally so the poor people live at the back and then there's an overlord who kind of lives at the front and you never get to see him until the end. It's sort of like a Marlon Brando apocalypse. Now you finally meet him at the end. Uh, so it's a journey through the train um, basically. And it's my wife said it kind of felt like a video game. Like there was different levels to it, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But it was just amazing. It was, he's a, he's a really good director because he starts, it's so dark and dreary. And then, you get to the middle of the train and it, the whole theme changes and like there's colors, bright colors. And you're really like struck by the kind of palette of the film, I think, because it moves through the feels and the emotions really, really effectively. I think Chris Evans does a really good job playing the lead. Um, he's sort of like, it's a bit, it's very Tarantino-esque, isn't it? I thought like there's mm. gore galore uh, and a lot of it is quite cartoonish. I really like his complete disregard for any character. Like he, he, like Tarantino, he's not afraid to just kill someone. You're like, oh, I kind of like that dude. Now he's dead, and he died in a really comical <laughs> fashion. And you sort of get used to that quickly. And um, yeah, and as all of Boon Ho, uh, oh no, I've forgotten it. Boon Jung Ho films. It's got a lot to say socially and politically. Um, Obviously, this is all about inequality in society, and it's sort of holding a mirror up to that. But I absolutely loved it. I didn't realise when I was watching it that he did Okja too. 
um, which but I should have known that. My wife cottoned on. She was like, is this the guy who did Octree? Because it's totally, he's got the same feel. Um, yeah, and Tilda Swindon popping up as well. Yeah, yes, Tilda Swindon, who who is amazing in it. Um, With her Yorkshire accent. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, Snowpiercer, absolutely recommend. It's on Amazon Prime, stream free, and what a joy. Um yeah, I mean, it goes, it's, it, it verges, like Okja, kind of verges on going a little bit zany in the middle and at the end. But it, I kind of, there's so much good humour in it that it wasn't taking itself seriously. I forgave a lot of that. Uh, and I mm. sort of, in retrospect, I think actually that's just stylistically, I think that's just really cool and interesting and, and original. So the very ending. I know Jamie, you had an issue with the very ending. I think I can. <laughs> I sort of agree. Like it's a bit on the nose uh, with the polar bear, but um, I do. I yeah, I can't let that detract from the rest of the movie because I thought it was a really easy and enjoyable watch. So I I give it a strong four out of five. Okja probably. I think I gave a four, and I'm hoping Parasite. I'm going to go with a five when I finally get around to watching that. You guys agree? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I can't help but seeing Holidays Are Coming when the the polar bear was there, and the, <laughs> I, won't stay, I won't spoil the, the scene anymore. But, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought there was something really innovative about the idea of the using i mean it's kind of like a bottle episode right in terms of everyone's only on this train like the vast majority of this film is set on the train and each carriage represents a different class of society and the color palette of each class i mean we should point out the narrative is basically chris evans like say is at the back they have a reason they need to get to the front of the train so it's a journey through the train and at some point there are some battles it's almost like a west side story battle of everyone with fucking axes how big's this fucking train um but it's like you say, it's done in such an innovative, fun way, really clear, like storytelling, um, apart from when it wants to go back shit cray. And when it does, it fucking does. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's great. Chris Evans is such a good actor, man. Like he is obviously Captain America. Amazing. Um, mm. But he does other stuff really, really well. And this is a great little flex of his muscles outside of a Marvel movie. And it just shows that the guy is so talented. And uh, the, like I say, the, like uh, Jong Bong-ho, however you pronounce his name, he's such an incredible writer. Like everything he has done is brilliant. Like I've not, I can't find fault in anything. I love Doctor, I love Parasite. And I, I, I love this as well. For some reason, I don't know why. And someone please tweet us about this. It was not released in the UK for years like in 2013 is when it came out and it's one of those things that you would get a vpn for to try and download it because for some reason it would not be distributed in the uk i don't think it done cinema in the uk mm. it was only in the last year it become available on streaming services and everyone rejoiced because like fuck yeah we get to actually enjoy this film it's going to become a tv show as well like you know like they've done the whole oh, fargo cool. thing of retelling it in a tv show they're doing yeah. that um with this uh, which is going to be fascinating well, maybe they didn't show it in the UK, mate, because they were worried about there being a, a film that can show a train that works in really terrible weather conditions, whereas the trains in our country <laughs> stop if there's leaves on the rail. So maybe, maybe that's it, mate. Maybe they thought... <laughs> that, that, for me, that for me was the most unbelievable part of it. <laughs> I, I did have to tweet Greater Anglia to try and, you know, raise their game. 
I did see I that. Mean, that was incredible. <laughs> maybe not the axe wielding maniacs, but you know the jacuzzi and the sauna and the uh, the club scene with with you know sexy dancers. That's something they could maybe just suggest. There's, there's inspiration there. Yeah, yeah. And if you need dancers, so, look no further. And it was than on time to me. And it was on time. <laughs> So, John, what did you say? Four out of five? Yeah, I'd give a strong four for me. There um, you go. So, if you've got a recommendation that you'd like us to review or talk about that's available on the streaming service at the moment, get in contact with us on Twitter at TalkFilms. For the game this week, I searched the internet. No, I went on Sporkle, just like every other podcast does, and I found a game. It's called the Movie Bunker Quiz. There are 15 sectors that you have to travel through to complete said game, almost like the film Snowpiercer. And there are questions you must answer to progress through each sector. If you answer the question, you progress to the next sector. If you do not answer the question correctly, that is it. You finish there. Jamie has already participated, John, so you cannot hear any of the answers. And I will be watching your webcam, so there better not be any Googling, sir. Anyway, before we bring you in, John, let's go through Jamie's round. Jamie Hannon, can you confirm that this is an hour earlier? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> right, are you ready? Are you prepared, sir? I am ready. I'm raring to go, mate. All right, let's go, let's go. Okay, question number one. It's multiple choice, Jamie. I'll give you the options first. Don't shout at me. How many dwarfs were in Snow White? Is it A, 7, B, 2, C, 13, D, 101? <laughs> oh, wait, 7. Snow, Snow White and the 7 dwarfs. Good man. Question two. What colour is the brick road Dwarfy has to follow in the Wizard of Oz? A, green, B, red, C, yellow, D, prune. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. I'll go for yellow. Good man. Uh, sorry, keyboard's being a bit shit. Okay. Question three. Which person has not played James Bond in the series? A, Daniel Craig. B, Jaws Lazenbury. C, Sean Connery. D, Jim Carrey. <laughs> that would be the best Bond ever. It is Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Question four. The quote, it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, is from what movie? A, Fight Club. B, Casablanca. D, Ghostbusters. Or E, no, it was C, Ghostbusters. <laughs> or D, Die Hard. I was like, why did they not put D for Die Hard? Anyway. <laughs> I see your plan here. You're trying to throw me. Uh, it's Ghostbusters. Good man. Okay. The director of E.T., The Extraterrestrial, has also directed which of the following films? A, The Departed. B, Poltergeist, C, Ocean's Eleven, or D, Jaws? Jaws. Good man. Question six. You've made it to sector six, James. Okay, so who starred opposite Tom Hanks in Sleepless in Seattle? A, Joan Crawford, B, Lisa Simpson. Oh, fucking hell. This quiz is terrible. (laughs) Uh, C, Meg Ryan, or D, Natalie Portman? Meg Ryan. I've seen that. I saw that film for the first time the other week. Ah, oh, nice. What do you think? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> the ending. Question... Terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Question seven. No one was sleepers. Uh, question seven. What is the name of the princess in The Princess Bride? Is it A, Fiona, B, Charlotte, C, Vesper, D, Buttercup? Oh, shit. I feel like yeah, I should it's know. It's starting to get harder now. 
Go through those again. Sorry, the options. Fiona, Charlotte, Vespa or Buttercup? I want to say Fiona, but that's got to be a Shrek reference. So we go for Vespa? That is incorrect, sir. You made it to sector six. So you have six points on the board. Let's see if John can beat it. Okay, like I said off air, this reeks of a conspiracy to me. Uh, As we know, I lose every game. And they're all conspiracies, (laughs) in my opinion. But uh, this one, you might win this one. (laughs) Are you sure? Because I, I my movie for someone that is on a film podcast most weeks, my movie knowledge is absolutely fucking terrible. But (laughs) there uh, is a slight possibility of a draw. But I think you're going to win this one. (laughs) Don't worry, John. The amount of times I've done the studio. Um, ones and like there'll be like a actual people who work in film journalists like oh do you want to play a game and they'll be like send the questions before (laughs) (laughs) you guys do for a fucking living Um, okay John the questions are multiple choice I will read out the question and then give you the options and you will tell me your answer do you understand sir Uh, yeah go on multiple choice easy isn't it I live and breathe for multiple choice mate that's all me through my GCSEs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well here you go <laughs> i don't know how to answer that um question one or sector one i should say how many dwarfs were in snow white a7 b2 c13 d101 seven that is correct sector two what color is the brick road dwarfy has to follow in the wizard of oz a green yellow b, red c yellow d John, you're not meant to chat. Yes, it's it's yellow. But wait for me to finish the question and the answers before. I'm trying okay. to speed things along, man. I ain't There's got no two timer. hours like Snowpiercer. I just want to get through. <laughs> see Marlon Brand. See the loony at the end of the train and give him shake his hands. That's, that's fair new. enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Anyway, sector three. Which person has not played James Bond in the series? A. Daniel Craig. B. George Lazenbury. C. Sean Connery. Or D. Jim Carrey. D. Jim Carrey. That is correct. Although that would be fucking incredible, as Jamie mentioned in his run. <laughs> um, the quote is to stay Puff Marshmallow Man is from what movie? A. Fight Club. B. Casablanca. C. Ghostbusters. Or D. Die Hard. C. Ghostbusters. Correct. Question five, or sector five, sorry. The director of E.T. Extraterrestrial also directed which of the following films? A. The Departed. B. Poltergeist. C. Ocean's Eleven. Or D. Jaws. D. Jaws. Question six. Who starred opposite Tom Hanks in Sleepless in Seattle? A. Joan Crawford. B. Lisa Simpson. C. Meg Ryan. Or D. Natalie Portman. C. Meg Ryan. I appreciate how easy these questions are, by the way. This is nice. Sector 7. <laughs> what is the name of the princess in The Princess Bride? Is it A, Fiona, B, Charlotte, C, Vespa, or D, Buttercup? This is one of their movies that I have never seen. You know, like, oh, my God, you haven't seen that film. This is the one I haven't seen. Can I hear the answers what? again? A, Fiona, B, no. Charlotte, mm. C, Vespa. D Buttercup. So I'm going to have to guess. This is this is shit. All right. I think it's B Charlotte. 
It's incorrect, isn't it? It's no, it's Buttercup. Oh, oh I've okay. never seen that movie, and I know it's shameful because it's a classic, but homework. So I've lost, haven't I? <laughs> well, actually, you and Jamie got the same answers. So sudden death. We obviously sudden death. Sudden Go death. <laughs> carry on then. So maybe okay. we'll carry on and. Um, and we will have to both give our answers at the same time. After no, 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 no. We won't do that because it'll be fucking madness, John. We have some ordered chaos. Jamie's up next. I'm going to give him a question, yeah. and then he has to answer. If he answers that correctly, he's in the game. Then it goes back to you until we have a loser, okay? Are they, are they right. getting harder? Uh, they will start easy again and get harder, okay? okay? Okay. So, Jamie, this is your question. I'll read out the question, and then you've got four multiple-choice answers. Please let me finish. In the movie Pinocchio, what is the name of Pinocchio's insect friend? A, Jiminy Cricket. B, Sammy Spider. C, Henry the Mosquito. Or D, Johnny Worm. It's A, Jiminy Cricket. That is correct. You're still in the game. John. Pressure's on, John. Pressure's on, mate. Yep. I'm feeling it. (laughs) Okay. What is the name of the giant space station Luke destroys at the end of Star Wars? A, Death Moon. B, Palpatine's crib. C, Spaceball 1 or D, the Death Star. D, Death Star. John, you are still in the game. Jamie, the movie speed is centred around a bomb on which type of vehicle? A, hovercraft. B, skateboard. C, boat. D, bus. Oh, well, speed 1 is a bus. Speed 2 is a boat. I'll go for bus. I thought you were going to try and be too clever for your own good then. And then just go, boat. No, fuck. Okay. Jamie, congratulations. You're still in the game. John, which of the following movies grossed over 500 million in its original theatrical release? A, Sharknado. B, Avatar. C, Jiggy. Or D, Toy Story. Avatar. John, you're still in the game. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Jamie. Which actor starred opposite Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapon series? A, Mel Gibson. B, Sylvester Stallone. C, Bruce Willis. D, Channing Tatum. A, Mel Gibson. Beautiful. Congratulations, you're still in the game. John, which movie features the famous quote, nobody puts baby in the corner? A, Footloose. B, Baby Geniuses. C, Dirty Dancing. Or D, Flash Dance. I don't know this one. Um... What's the quote? Nobody puts baby in the corner. Correct. You read out the films again for me. Footloose, Baby Geniuses, Dirty Dancing, or Flash Dance? Um, I'm going to go with Flash Dance. That is incorrect. Ah, what is it? Dirty Dancing, isn't it? It was Dirty Dancing. Oh, I was going to guess that. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> you were so close, man. You were so close. Uh, so anyway, on that case then, Jamie, you are the winner on this occasion. You will have six points added to your running total. John, you were so close, pal. You were so close, but you couldn't remember who put baby in the corner anyway if you've got ideas for games we'll continue playing on talk film with me just tweet us at at talk film with me on twitter (laughs) 
don't get me wrong. I am loving the new format. I am loving basically being at home and watching a bunch of films on streaming services. But you know what? I miss being in that cinema. I miss those moments when the curtains open, the lights dim, and we embark on a cinematic experience. It is not too long before we'll be back in cinemas again. Boys, I am so looking forward to this. I am ready. There have been so many films that have been delayed. So for a bit of a filmy feature now, I want to talk about, look, let's just say hypothetically, any film that's been delayed by COVID-19 actually is available right now. Your Snyder Cut, if you will, is available right now for you to watch in a cinema. What film would you pick? Who's going to go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go I'll go a bit first, okay? So I've got I've got there are three. There are three on my list. Um, I'm being shit. I'm being selfish, but fuck it. Um, Do you take all them... three of the best ones before we go? <laughs> no, 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 no. Chances are they're not, man. Chances are they're not. But, um, okay. So one of them is I'm going to go with Black Widow. Reason why is because I'm a fucking Marvel guy. Most of cinema fandom are Marvel people. And what is one thing we know is that we all love going to the cinema and watching the the, the big Marvel thing roll. And also, this is to be the first big movie outside of that Spider-Man movie that we've had since Endgame. And also, you know what? It'll, it'll, it'll It'll be a sign of normality. It's summer. There's a big Marvel movie. There's loads of big, flashy effects. And this looks amazing. It does look really good as well as a film. Florence Pugh's in it as well. So that's all the all the ingredients are there for an amazing movie. Yes, it's a prequel, and you know my thoughts on prequels. But, you know, I'm so ready for this. I cannot wait. So my number one choice is probably Black Widow. I have other ones later on. Jamie, what's next on yours? Uh, very, very tight between two, but I will actually have to go for Mulan, which sounds like an odd one. But um, Mulan is actually my favourite Disney film. I know you pull a face there. Um, but the reason why is I spent uh, probably the majority of my teenage years very much engrossed in um, sort of Asian culture. Uh, I very much got very much into martial arts, watched a lot of uh, Chinese films. Um, and Mulan is one of these stories that has been told for hundreds of years uh it's a fable and so there have been other uh, iterations of it in the past and so actually I'm, I, although it won't have mushu and eddie murphy which is going to be a shame uh it is one i'm really really looking forward to i think it's going to be a good action piece um uh yeah so yeah i know it sounds like an odd one uh or maybe it should go for top gun <laughs> but i'm gonna go for Mulan. <laughs> i'm gonna go for Mulan <laughs> I'm just happy that you said that during my teenage years, I spent, I was like, oh my God, he is not going to say what we're all thinking, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I, I agree with you. It's a classic movie. I think the whole reimagining in a way which is going in a completely different tone. Look, we Disney, when they've done their live action remakes, have either gone shot for shot and that hasn't worked or they've, they've not been bold enough to make the real changes we want to validate its existence, right? And it sounds like, Mulan, similar to ones like The Jungle Book, where they really do take the story and change it in a different direction and have a different different take on the fable, which means a different generation loves it. And hopefully they'll do the same with this. Um, yeah, you know, Mushu ain't going to make sense in this cut. Like we've seen in the trailers, it would not make sense for this serious, almost like it, you think about the massive, massive epics, like, I don't know, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, in terms of the, the scale yeah. and spectacle. The last thing you'd need is an animated dragon voiced by Eddie Murphy, and it just wouldn't work, right? <laughs> so, like, it worked for the cartoon, and this is going to be different. And if you don't like what you're going to get, well, you know, bully for you, you've still got the cartoon. 
as an uh, aside, I don't know. Don't know if you heard the news today that Disney is remaking Robin Hood, my favorite Disney movie, as a CGI oh. real. You know, it's going to go straight to Disney Plus, though. Apparently, so 1973 Disney Robin Hood, as I said, my favorite Disney movie for the soundtrack mostly, uh, and it's Robin just Hood. so English and <laughs> charming. I have little to no faith that this is going to be any good, but. You know me. I'll I'll watch it. Um, so yeah, feeling a bit jittery about this one. What about you guys? If it ain't men in tights, I don't care. It's my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> it is my nephew's favourite film at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I have watched it an awful lot recently. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I forgot how great a film it was and how much I loved it as a kid. And like you said, the soundtrack is just superb and the voices the voice they've got the voice actors they've got for individual parts is incredible like they really nail it like the guy who plays a you know like the 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 fox or you know plays that plays a snake it just the voices sound right yeah it really is impressive well they're all like they're all like theater actors of the time aren't they and the guy who did the soundtrack is this old folk singer um i can't remember his name roger Oh, I, I can't remember his name, but he's he's fantastic soundtrack, and I, they better keep the songs the same or or pay homage to them properly. I know I'm going to be disappointed; it's inevitable. But yeah, I'll watch it <laughs> all the same. I just, for the love of God, you've been doing this thing recently, Disney, which is anything that involves animals and animation. You are trying to make this quote unquote real look and not emote them. This needs that capture emotion in the face. Like, make it. They're fucking animals dressed in people clothes, reenacting Robin Hood. Like, <laughs> take it for what it fucking is. Like, please, I do not want. I do not want. Like, similar to the fucking remake of The Lion King, where you have that epic scene where he looks out to the sky and it's just a sky. <laughs> no. Can yeah. I quote something that's going to disappoint you? Much like The Lion King, the new version of Robin Hood will feature the characters as anthropomorphic, this time in a live-action CG hybrid format. So, unfortunately, I think it's, it's going to happen. That was me smacking my head. <laughs> well, Slappy head. They, they might do it like Peter Rabbit. I know Peter Rabbit's not a great film at all, but in terms of well, the... fuck it up the, with James Corden. <laughs> yeah, that's the potential. But, but the, the characters in that did have emotion, didn't they? You know, they were able to... They had like a humanisation to them, didn't they? So they were wearing clothes, they were winking and stuff like that. Maybe they'll go more down that route, maybe? But given I don't know, then if previous... No, if they're going to do it, then then do it so it's stupidly realistic. Like, even the animal proportion sizes are there. So, yeah. basically, you've just got a normal-sized fox next to a fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> a snake who's like... Also, actually, sidebar, is it me? Or was Disney having this kind of, like, little shared universe thing? Because, like, the, the snake from... Robin Hood looked very much like the snake in Jungle Book. They even done the eyes thing. Maybe it's just because they couldn't animate the eyes thing any other way. And like Baloo and Little John looked quite similar. So very similar voices, right? So like I, I reckon there was a there was like a, a a Disney animated universe before cinematic universes were a thing. Maybe you're right, Flinny, but. Well, I think all right. I'll save that for my Reddit uh, theory. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think you're right. I think one of the voice actors was um, 
or someone who had done several films for them. And I think he did do Jungle Book. I'm desperately trying to Google now, but uh, the internet is not as fast as it used to be. Um, All right, then, guys. So you just put the idea in my head. Let's do it right now. Disney remaking Robin Hood, sacrilege. But anyway, it's happening whether you like it or not. Voice cast, call it. What would your fan cast be? Cumberbatch, he's, he's Robin Hood. Uh, oh, essentially British, good lead. Uh, who's Maid Marion? Oh, Maid Marion. Who would make a good Maid Marion? Um, you know what? You know what? I'd, I'd like to say, yeah, I, oh. Natalie Portman? Natalie Portman would be good, would be good. Kevin but it's Knight, kind man. of a safe bet. They're safe bets. They're safe bets, right? Like, go, go a little bit different. Hmm. Mm, maybe um oh, who, who who jamie tilda uh tilda from uh what's her face tilda swindon tilda swindon yeah yeah man like she'll be fucking great with a yorkshire accent from stoke yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay i've got one for sheriff of rottenham not rottenham nottingham um neil patrick harris oh yeah it'll be good doing it'll an good. english accent no <laughs> Uh, oh, a really pretentious, obviously fake English accent. That'd be that'd be the best one. Uh, who would you be? Who would your little John be? Idris Elba because he does. Ooh. He's always up for uh, playing animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, to be fair. And he's got the deep voice, little John. Oh, I don't know. You got to... yeah. We can't have it too too UK centric, right? You got to make it a little bit more. All right, here you go. Oddball one. Adam Sandler. For who? He... For little John. For little John. Jamie, are you lagging again, mate? Because we were talking about little John all up until that point. No, no, no. Sorry, I, I thought I thought I thought we'd moved on from that one because I quite like Idris Elba. Uh, I could see I could see Adam <laughs> Sandler in Squire Tuck. All right, Idris oh, Elba. That'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. Actually, I was speaking like uh, Patrick Stewart for Friday. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. Oh, he'd make a good snake as well, I think. Or the king. He would be. What was the snake? What was the snake? What was the actual character snake, though? What was he playing? I can't remember what the snake actually done. His name was Sir Hiss. Ah. All right. I've got, right, for the king, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Oh. For Prince John. I like that. Oh. Dirty. I think Ricky Gervais has got to be Prince John. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. Anti-hero. True. True. So anyway, what would your fan cast be? Uh, get in contact with us on Twitter at TalkFilm to me. We had so much fun doing the last watch along. Well, guess what? We're going to be doing another one. Yes, this Friday at 8 p.m., Talk Filming to Me will be doing a watch along of Chef, John Favreau's Chef. It is currently available on Amazon Prime. The TV show, Chef, is available on Netflix. Do not be confused. Although the TV show is absolutely incredible. I've been banging on about that for a good long while. But I've got to be honest, it may be a film sin, but I have not seen the actual film. So I'm really looking forward to this. Boys, I know you love love your food, but you love you love movies as well, so mix them together. Sounds good, right? It does. The trailer looks great. I'm well up for Friday night movie night with my very bestest pals. Yeah. Aww. 
Well, you can get involved as well. We're going to be tweeting about it on the Twitter account. Just like the post and then we'll make sure you're tagged in all the film-related nonsense about the movie and a bit of banter in between. So 8 o'clock UK time. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and we'll keep sharing about it. And I'll put something in the description as well. But the next movie will be John Favreau's Chef. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this podcast. If this is the first time you're listening to us and you like to keep listening to us, click on the like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Filming to me. As mentioned, we've got the watch along coming on Friday. We'll be dropping a new pod next week. But more importantly, John Descamento. Always a pleasure, buddy. How can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Descamento. Descamento! <laughs> That's more like it. Pond 5. <laughs> and Jamie Hannon, how can people find you? On Twitter, at Mr. Hannon in space. Hannon in space! <laughs> anyway, more importantly, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking, following, and everything in between of that. We'll hopefully keep doing you proud. It's been a pleasure serving you. Stay filmy, wash those hands, and two metres. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.